Next on BYU Sports Nation, everybody's winning over the weekend. An NFC champion, Jimmer drops 50, and BYU basketball wins with, wait for it, defense. Dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler on the Cougars' defensive performance at Pacific, and Kyle Van Noy's going to the Super Bowl. Plus, our going for two picks, road success for third-ranked BYU volleyball, and the last Jedi. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, January 23rd, wherever and however you are all dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with assistant to the regional Jedi, Jerem Jordan. If you missed it this morning, Star Wars Episode Eight announced the name of the movie, and it shall be known as Star Wars The Last Jedi. Someone pointed this out to me, uh, us, that Jedi could be plural, too. Is it just about Luke? Is it about Luke and others? Is <laughs> Rey involved? What's going on? So I'm excited. That comes out December 15th. I love the fact that when Jerem saw this, he pointed it out and said, the writing is in red. What is that all it's about? the color of the Sith! <laughs> And the enemy up north. <laughs> That's next level analysis of just a I know, title. I know. I'm just so, a title page. So nerdy. Oh, it's fun. It's, yeah. It's really fun. Part of my life. It's a way of life, really. Every December, <laughs> apparently, a new Star Wars movie comes out. It's Isn't fantastic, that, it's, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. The fullness of times. I love living now. It's so awesome. <laughs> It's so great. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, not including any Jedi, at least not for now. What? Men's basketball beat Pacific 62-47, led by Eric Mika's 17 points and 12 rebounds, his seventh consecutive double-double. TJ Haas had a cool 16 points. BYU won with defense. We'll talk about that a little bit more coming up. Jimmer Fredette scored 50 points for the Shanghai Sharks in his return from an ankle injury over the weekend. Uh, what 50? injury? What injury? They call him the lonely god. Well, I th- it's lo- it's pretty lonely in the fifty plus category. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots beat the Pittsburgh Steelers for a berth in Super Bowl Fifty One. Van Noy forced a fumble in the game. He is the thirty seventh BYU Cougar that will play for a Super Bowl championship. I'm excited for Kyle. More on that coming up. Kainakua, Andrade, and Algernon Brown represented the Cougars on the American team in the NFLPA Bowl in Carson, California, Saturday. Pretty cool for those three to be in that. And then, of course, this weekend, uh, the Senior Bowl, which is the most prestigious postseason uh, bowl game for aspiring NFL draft picks or signees, uh, free agents, Jamal Williams and Harvey Longy. So nice to have those five guys involved. Improve the draft stock. Big players making plays on big stages. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Weekend, winning, and wow factor. Let's drive the success of the weekend home a little bit more, shall we? Number one, BYU basketball dominates an opponent on the road. Oh, it's been a while. With defense. Say what? So, what? What? That is going against the grain, right, yeah. of the season? Defense. I like it. Kyle Van Noy making plays for the Patriots. He'll play for a Super Bowl with New England. What did Steve Young say about that a couple of months ago? We'll get to that. And, as you mentioned, Jerem, Jimmer Fredette drops a 50 spot. Was he even injured last week? Maybe he was just tired. 
from scoring 40 again. Who comes back from an injury and goes for 50? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It was a really good weekend for those associated with BYU. Number three, volleyball took two solid road matches at CSUN. BYU women's hoops still in a tie for first place in conference. And BYU football defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki is excited about something via his Twitter account. Recruiting. Question is... We know what's it. We know what it is. What tops your list of headlines? Our Twitter question today: What's the biggest BYU sports story from this past weekend? Use the hashtag #BYUSN at BruteDR. He's like the first tweet every week. The rest of you, let's go, man. BruteDR is bringing it. Got to be our boy Vanoy going to the Super Bowl. Thrilled at his success since being traded to New England. Here's a guy who was mired down in Detroit. Was injured early in his NFL career. Like many career, a person has been. And never was able to fully display what he is capable of. Well, guess who saw something? The Patriots. They come calling, and now dude's making plays on the biggest stage. This happened with Jimmer, but it didn't work, remember? With the Spurs, we're like, oh, sweet. If anyone can find you know, the NBA talent from Jimmer, it'd be the Spurs. It didn't work out, and I was the first one to say, if it doesn't work with the Spurs, I don't think it's going to work out. And it hasn't. But in China, it's working. Now Kyle Van Noy gets on the, uh, I don't know what to call them, the Big Bad Empire slash the most well-run organization in football, maybe in sports, uh, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, and the Patriots. And now he's excelling. And that's my answer to this question. The biggest BYU sports story from the weekend, the fact that BYU has another Cougar in the Super Bowl. BYU has twenty, uh, uh, at least one player in 29 of the last 41 Super Bowls. Wow. That's pretty cool, right? Okay. That's pretty awesome. But it's not as good as the stat of the day, which is coming up. Uh, Steve Young called this. He came on BYU Sports Nation October 26th, and he had this to say <laughs> about Kyle Van Noy being on the Patriots. For Kyle, it's a dream come true to find that, that place. And now, if he can make it there... Uh, you have the great platform to do some phenomenal things. And by the way, he's going to get a Super Bowl ring this year. So that's kind of cool, <laughs> yeah. too. Call this shot October 26th. Was it that big of a shot? It's the Patriots? Eh, not really. Well, they've got to beat the Atlanta Falcons, who are playing some really good football. So. Yeah, but it's Tom Brady, and it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> and the last two, and it's not the Giants. So he's probably in good, uh, a good spot. But, Jeremy, it's <laughs> the New England Patriots. I know. I don't like the Patriots. I'm a Seahawks fan. The, the, uh, Steve said if he can make it. Kyle's made it. He's not a starter per se, but he plays a lot, and he had a forced fumble yesterday. Which they turned into points. It was a big play. That's what he did at BYU, and then we saw it in the the AFC Championship game. Yeah, it was fun. The funny thing is I had turned on the TV just right before he made that play. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, pause it. Got to record it. A BYU Sports premonition. Got to tweet it out. (laughs) (laughs) Tweet it, gig it, rewind (laughs) it. That's that's what happens, right? Yeah, exactly. And people in my house are looking at me like, really? Again? All right, here we go. Pause. Who's saying that at this point? (laughs) We're three and a half years in. We should be past that part, right? It's just... Really? It's Uh, what what happens. It's still working BYU TV. (laughs) Shout out to the Linton household. (laughs) (laughs) For me, because it's the Patriots, I just can't, okay? I just... No, it's about Kyle Vanoy. It's not about the Patriots. You're right, but he plays for the New England Patriots. Oh, like, I just you're even more anti than I am. I can't. Wow. I can't. It goes against every fiber of my being as a sports fan because they nice, win nice all of the time. I know. I just want something else. They haven't won the Super Bowl in a while, though, right? Well, let's see. When was the last time they won the Super Bowl? I can't remember. It's been a long time, right? <laughs> They're always there. Oh, sorry. They beat, the, right? they beat the 2014. They beat the Seahawks. Was it 2014? How did I forget that? Because it's your Seahawks that threw a pass I, on the I put it out of my memory. So, again, how— Was I a Seahawks fan then? I can't remember. 
and I'm asking again, how do you go with the Patriots? I don't. I go with Kyle Van Noy. Okay, so Kyle Van Noy playing for some team is going to the Super Bowl. I don't Bowl. care about the Patriots Super Bowl. I care that it's <laughs> Kyle Van Noy. For me, the biggest story of the weekend, because we talked about it all week, it was on everybody's mind last Monday, right? BYU coming off of a road loss, a bad loss at San Diego. Speaking of things we were trying to put out of our minds. Steve Cleveland comes in, brings fire and brimstone to the microphone. That, the president had the mantle okay. on Monday. And he brought Dave Rose's words to the forefront, which were, when this team can, quote, avoid silly mistakes and play some defense, end quote, then things will get better. And he was worried all week, Dave Rose was, about BYU having to go on the road. Like, this is a different team away from home. This is an entirely different oh, ballpark. Oh, yeah. We've got to figure some things out. Guess what? They did. BYU basketball won a road game decisively. It wasn't close at the end with defense. They did it. I know it was Pacific. But guess what? They couldn't do it against LMU. They couldn't do it against San Diego. They have an excuse against St. Mary's, but they finally found a way against Pacific. So the payoff was there. They were challenged. Everybody was looking at it with a critical eye, and they did it. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU held a West Coast Conference road opponent under 50 points for just the second time in six seasons. That's pretty crazy. And Pacific slowed it down quite a bit, but still, only the second time in the WCC era, if you will. That's pretty good. That's and pretty people good are defense. like, well, wait, didn't they hold San Diego to 33 last year? It's a road game. We're talking about road Road games. Now, here's the reason I didn't bring up Pacific. BYU beat this team by 29 at home. I know BYU had struggled on the road. You got to go on the road and pound Pacific. Come on. They're not in the same league. Technically, yes, but no. You know what I mean? But they did. They did it, which and they was, had which was to good. this point. Which was good. I'm not going to celebrate it the same way I would Gonzaga-St. Mary's. Understandably that's so. A, that's a nice performance. Keep it going. Santa Clara coming up Thursday. That's going to be another yeah, challenge. The last time BYU— This shouldn't have been a challenge. It's Pacific. The last time BYU held a road opponent under 50 in the West Coast Conference? Guess who it was? The only team BYU's never lost to in WCC play? Santa Clara. The Santa Clara Bronco Mendenhalls. And BYU is at Santa Clara, an improved Santa Clara team who have bolstered their depth a little bit. We'll get to that Thursday. On that, Thursday. And, and we'll, a, a story we haven't brought up yet, Nick Emery's knee. What's the knee injury? Is he out? We'll find out probably tomorrow. And you want to talk about a guy that switched the entire dynamic yes. and feeling of that game. Nick Emery came out and scored eight points really quickly in the second half, was playing intense defense. He needs good defense against Jaron He Brown changed Ridge. the atmosphere of the Thursday. game at Pacific. So, yeah. Yeah. That, if Nick Emery, for some reason, can't go Thursday, it's a big story. A lot of good things happened over the weekend. Hopefully he can. Our conversation happening right now. What is the biggest BYU sports story from this past weekend? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Googs53 tweets in a unique angle. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. It's awesome seeing missionary work success through football firesides. Rudy Rudiger, if you didn't hear, was baptized a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints over the weekend. The Rudy, the guy that the movie was based on. Is there a sequel? <laughs> you can watch Rudy on the TV app, by the way. Did you know that? You can watch it. It's awesome, right? That's one of my favorite sports movies. At DD Holds Book Books, is it Van Noy the last Jedi, the last BYU player to be playing football this season? 
Ooh. That's a good. That's a good angle. Yeah, and it supports my Van Oyken. Nicely played tweet. I conveniently read that. Very good. Because she tweeted him. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, Uncle B Blaine Fowler will join us in Studio B to discuss the BYU win at Pacific. Is he really buying into this defensive performance? It's one time, and that's well, that's a conversation, right? Is it a trend, yeah. or is it a one-off type of thing? It's really nice that BYU did that. Uh, BYU needs to hold serve against the non-St. Zagas for any shot at the NCAA tournament. So Santa Clara is sneaky. They are one game behind BYU in the league, by the way. BYU is 6-2 and two in third place. Santa Clara is 5-3. I know BYU took it to them at home. But it's it's a it's been a different story on the road. So yeah, yeah I'm with yeah. you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act like it's this. If we played big deal, no deal. I'd say no deal because it's one game. If BYU starts to sustain this success, now we're talking. I just feel like it is a big deal because it was all week, right? It was what happened against San Diego. How can we figure this thing out? It's Pacific. BYU's I, supposed to go there and win by double figures. They were supposed to go to San Diego and win by double figures. Yeah. They were supposed to do that against LMU, but they didn't. If we start acting like beating Pacific's a big deal, standard. Only because I of the context. I thought BYU Hoops was like a good basketball Only team. Only because now of the context. Now we're celebrating wins over Pacific? Only because of the context These aren't of the things last we go week. crazy over. No! We're not going crazy. We're just saying... I know. You're right. You're not going crazy. I'm going crazy. That you're, <laughs> that you're acting like it's a big deal. <laughs> like, like when B- if BYU beats Neyma Media... BYU beating Utah State in football, is that supposed to be a big deal? They were a three-win team this year. It's like, check, next. This tweeted in from Matt B. Henson 23, who I happen to know is a huge... New England Patriots oh, oh fan. Oh, yeah, bring him into this. Easily Kyle Van Noy with a huge force fumble and Patriots on to the Super Bowl. Don't hate on my team, Spencer Linton and Jaron Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> We're not hating on your team. We have been hating on your team for a long time, Breezy. <laughs> At CoogsFan44 apparently feels the same as B. Hanson23. Seeing Kyle Van Noy clinching a spot in the Super Bowl was the best BYU sports moment. It's, oh, that, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, and it was. And if New England wins the Super Bowl, that is what I will hang my hat on. Hey, at least Kyle Van Noy got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, if he gets one, that'd be great. If not, he's still getting paid. Very cool. <laughs> All right, up next on BYU Sports Nation, as promised, Blaine Fowler weighs in on the Super Bowl and BYU basketball defense. BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio Sirius XM 143. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up next Wednesday, February 1st, one of my favorite days all season. It's BYU Football Signing Day. We will have you covered at noon and 6 Eastern with two different shows. Uh, I'll be live at the Student Athlete Building. Spencer, you'll be here as we cover who BYU signing as they come in, as it happens, who will be impact players. We'll talk to Kalani Satake, Ty Detmer, Elias Tuiaki, get the scoop on all the guys, the return missionaries. The future begins now. So I'm excited. February 1st, noon and 6 Eastern time, two different shows. That was an amazing tease for a couple of reasons. I'm going to start with this. The cadence of your voice reminded me of one Chris Harrison on The Bachelor. Coming up. <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And two, signing day is always awesome. I love signing day, dude. We dominate oh. that day, and it's so fun. Yeah, you're going to see highlights of the guys, reaction from the coaches, reaction when their name's announced down there. Uh, there's going to be some awesome Facebook Live events on the BYU football page as well. So hang out with us February 1st. What is the biggest BYU sports story from this past weekend? 
Maybe some of you think it has to do with recruiting. We'll leave it at that. Joining us now, Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst. After a wow-filled weekend for BYU and those associated with uh, the stretch wide, Blaine, what was your biggest story coming off of the weekend for BYU? Well, we can't talk about individual names, but maybe it has to do with the recruiting. <laughs> so we'll just so since we can't really talk about that, I'll just leave that out there. Okay. But but we I'll, I'll say this: we continue to hear about commitments and things, which we're not going to talk about until they're official, right? Yeah. Um, but this this class just gets more and more loaded if they all come through. And I really don't like to talk about them until they come through anyhow because, you know, there have been guys that have changed from other universities to here the day before signing or on the day of signing, and the same thing has happened in reverse. So, so I really don't like to talk about it until it happens. But, man, there's a lot of momentum around recruiting that we're hearing through the grapevine and the recruiting services and all that that we won't talk specifically about. But, but come the show that you're talking about um, a week from Wednesday mm-hmm. – it's, there's some good things that are happening, and and, and if people wonder why why Utah's kind of had the upper hand in recent years, my feeling is it's simple. They've been they've been dominating up front, and that's why they're playing well in the Pac-12. They're so good up front with offensive and defensive linemen. They're putting them consistently in the NFL. They're manhandling people up front, and and BYU hasn't been. They were better last year than they've been, but when this recruiting class comes, I think we're gonna go. Wow, they really address that. And I think with Kalani Satake here, I think he's one of the guys that was getting those guys when he was at Utah. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to start coming here, and we're going to see that start to materialize this year. It's really exciting because that's the formula. That, that's the secret sauce for BYU. When they dominate up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage, they're really good. And I think that that's where they're going to be over the coming years. So, so, but did I say too much? No, shout out no. to the compliance office and the NCAA, by the way. We're playing by the rules. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not going to talk specifics, but man, yeah. we will in a couple weeks, and you're going to be really excited. Is receiver the position of most need at this point going into signing up? Yeah, but here's the thing. You always have to stockpile offensive defensive linemen. Have to stockpile yes. those. So that's always a need every single solitary time. So if we put that as number one every time, then then where what's the next I would think wide receivers where they gotta get some help and maybe from the JC ranks and maybe but but they've gotta find you know, receiver's a position that you can play as a young person. Although in this offense it's a little more complicated. That's why you didn't see Hefo playing maybe as much as he will. Um that that's the young guys, there's a lot that Ty asked these guys to do in terms of reading the defense and adjusting their routes and being on the same page with the quarterback. So it's a little harder to play as a young in at that position in this offense. Um, but there are special things you can send those young guys in for. Um, experience counts at that position in this offense. So, But I do think they need some immediate help there. I really like the linebacking core that they have in place, but they can bolster that. But number one always has to be fortify the fronts. And if you fortify the fronts, then everything else comes into play. And they're just fine. If you, if you dominate up front, you can be just pretty good everywhere else. On any win. level, yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah. look at these teams like the Falcons and the New England Patriots for crying out loud. Who in the world is Chris Hogan? Okay? <laughs> right on. This Ivy League wide receiver right on. comes in, has an unbelievable night in the AFC Championship game because they dominate on the they offensive dominate line. dominate the line of scrimmage. And the Broncos, you know, in the last couple years – were really good up front on both sides of the ball. Probably the best pass rush in the NFL, um, and they were really good up front. And then they have a good decision-maker at quarterback, like, like hey, Tom Brady with the Patriots and Peyton Manning last couple years. Really good okay. decision-makers. They're pretty good. Um, so that makes a difference. Quarterback's an important position, but 
as long as they can keep Tanner healthy, they're pretty. Yeah, they're really good yeah. there, right? He's going to make good decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So now the thing is, do you do you dominate up front? And when you do, everything falls into place, and you can be really good. And if you go back, you know, we can argue who the best teams in BYU history are. All go back to '96. They were awesome up front. Yes, you know, go back to '84. When I played, we were awesome up front on both sides. You had sides at least one NFL yeah. lineman on each. Yeah, and so and and so when they're really good, they're really good up front. And so go recruit that, which we know they have been doing. We're just not going to get into specifics about that. I thought about John Tate on the '96 team. Yes, uh, Larry Moore, uh, the center, was an NFL All guy, and then of course '84. Trevor, Trevor uh, Maddich, Maddich played for years and years. Yeah, lots um, of NFL guys. Yeah, Craig Garrick, I think, was that type of talent, but with his injuries, he couldn't play. You know, Lewis Wong was right there. Um, you know, it, it's you, you just go down the offensive line. Robert and I was a big nasty dude. All conference yeah, dudes. Yeah, and so and then and then Dave Wright over on the other side. I mean, it, it was really really good. Like if you were to back in the conference that BYU was in at that time, pick an all-conference team, any year you could have picked two or three guys from BYU's offensive line yep. to put on the all-conference team back in those days. And so Kalani knows this. That's how they built Utah into a power is by dominating line of scrimmage, and that's their plan here. And uh, so watch for this recruiting class. Go look at who you know the linemen that, that they get, and I think we're going to be really excited over the next couple of years of who they get. What was the biggest BYU sports story over the past weekend? Use the hashtag BYUSN to chime in. Blaine Fowler went the recruiting route. Of course, signing day coming up on February 1st. But I wasn't specific. No. No, listen, playing by the, playing by the rules. Because the second story to me is Nick Emery. Ah, okay, let's go there then. Why is it Nick Emery? I really love the way they played defense this weekend. And I think for them to do what we want them to do down the stretch – that they're going to have to win games on the road by defending really well because they're just not going to play offensively as well. Nobody does. Like Saturday, 62 right. points they, really well. They, they, that's probably the best defensive uh, effort I've seen all year. Now keep in mind that's not a great offensive basketball team, but there were things I saw in terms of rotation, effort out on the perimeter, those kinds of things. So here's why Nick's a big story. If, if, if he's not healthy, to me he has the best potential – to be a lockdown perimeter defender. It's a combination of his lateral quickness. He's got really he's really strong. So he's got great upper body strength where he can kind of use contact, not fouling type contact, but contact to move people into places they don't like on the floor. Um, so game coming up, Jared Brownridge. He did a phenomenal job Shut on Shut him down. Phenomenal job. So so it's not so much they can't do it without him. My question is this is a big story. If he can't go, who's going to step up? And be that guy. Is it going to be Eli Bryant? Can he do it? Does he have the mentality to do it? Because I really felt like I had marked Emery as the guy like, okay, this is the guy. He's going to be the lockdown perimeter defender. He's going to take away the other team's best perimeter scorer. If he can't go, who is that? That's a big story. Well, and his instincts have been compared to his older brother, Jackson Emery. And I asked him after the last game, okay, what's the deal with you wanting to pick things up defensively? And he said, when my brother got after me, something changed in my mind. And you, you've been saying for a long time, it's about it's a mentality. He's, he's taken on that mentality. You have to say, even if my offensive game struggles, and Dave Rosen I've talked about, he goes, I think when he plays lights out defense, his offense does struggle a little bit. But we need that guy. Yes. We need him to be that guy more than they need him to be this offensive threat. And he can be an offensive threat in spurts when they need points. We saw it on Saturday. But, but they've needed a guy to get on Jared Brownridge and shut him down. Now, now, his brother Jackson is one of the best perimeter defenders I've ever seen in college. 
Like when, when we would go do games, when I do a game on the road for neutral networks, whether it was the Mountain West Network or NBC, the other team's coach would always go, oh, Jimmer, Jimmer, Jimmer. But let me tell you something. Jackson Emery is a menace to us. Jimmer come down, if he came down and turned it over, it doesn't matter because Jackson Emery will go down and take it back. <laughs> on the other end. He's, he's a guy that could impact a game on the defensive Thief! end. And so, so I really believe that Jackson's conversations um, with his brother – have led to him having a better mentality in the last c- couple of weeks. And I was going, finally. And, and now he's now we don't know what his status is with the knee. So that's a huge story to me because they need somebody, whether it's him healthy or somebody else, to be that guy because they're, they're going to have some tests on the road where they don't shoot it well. And somebody's got to lead that team emotionally and physically on the defensive end on the outside, and he's got to be that guy. And if he's not, then who is? That's a question that will have to be answered, absolutely. Thursday night at Santa Clara, that's a uh, big one. Uh, Three versus four in the league, by the way. Uh, Nick Emery and and that knee injury, we probably won't know until tomorrow, but part of a group that allowed only 47 points in the game, which is is pretty wild. What did you see from BYU that led to, other than Pacific kind of slowing it down, only 47 points allowed? Yeah, and part of it is pace. And, And what I was really excited about was that BYU could win at that pace. So I didn't see them get frustrated, and I saw them go ahead and play defense. Because here's what's happened early in the season. They've played pretty good defense for 15 seconds of the shot clock, and then it's like, oh, now we're really bored. We're really bored with this. Come on, can we get on with this so we can get the ball back? And when you get bored defensively, you get high. So you don't – not meaning you get high like – I don't know what – you know. You get high in your stance. Yeah. So you start to get – you watch the guys. Their backsides get higher and higher and higher. They're not in a good defensive position to defend. Next thing you know, somebody takes a back cut and gets a bucket at, at the rim, or they take somebody off the dribble and the rotations are slow. Because they, they would get bored or they would get tired mentally of defending. So in this game, even though the pace was slow, I saw commitment to defense for a whole shot clock. This is the best I've seen all season. And so even though Pacific isn't good, that's something I have been looking for for a few weeks. Very, very good sign because against the good against St. Mary's, you know when they when they play them over here against Gonzaga in the two games that they have left, those are patient teams, and they can play at any pace. I mean, I think St. Mary's is better playing at a mid pace. Um, Gonzaga can play; it doesn't matter. They'll play at whatever pace you want to play at. So BYU is going to have to be comfortable and patient playing at different paces, and they've only looked really good at a high pace, and now they won ugly and played at a. We saw the same thing happen last year. You know how they went on that stretch run and did really well? It's like they finally got patient and got it. And I'm hoping that this is the game where they kind of turn a corner. BYU has had their way against Santa Clara in West Coast Conference play, 11-0 all time since they joined the West Coast Conference. But this game on Thursday feels a little bit different because Santa Clara is improving. They have bolstered their roster a little bit. Herb Sendek's a really good coach. And now this Nick Emery situation where he might not play. So what do you expect to happen on Thursday in Santa Clara? It, it's, hard, it's hard to predict because the reason BYU's been so good is they've dominated inside. Well, Santa Clara's better inside. They're deeper inside. They're playing better uh, inside now. They still can't match up with BYU inside. But BYU has always been able to shut down Santa Clara's guard. It's been, guards has been a guard already in offense. You know, it's, it's Jared Brownridge. He's really struggled against BYU, especially here in the Marriott Center. But he's struggled. Eight points this yeah. year. He, and remember when they had Brownridge and Clark together yeah. as the duo? They shut him right down. And so there was always somebody that went in there. And you know who's shut him down the last couple of years? Kyle Collinsworth. 
with his length and his tenacity has shut him down. Mm-hmm. Nick did a fantastic job on him this last time. So, so I don't know what's going to happen. I hope that somebody, if Nick's not healthy, takes it upon themselves to say, you know what? If he's not here, I have to take that role, and I will shut Jared Brownridge down. You're not going to keep him in front of you all game long, but you have to have a pretty high percentage of not – Every time he touches the basketball, get into defensive rotations because it affects your ability to rebound because guys are rotating and now there's, there's um, rebounders that aren't blocked out if you're not doing a good job. And it allows them to get open shooters. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I'm watching for. And I don't – honestly, Spencer, I, you asked that question. I don't know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still think that in the end, BYU is too much for them up front and that they'll dominate in the post, and Santa Clara won't be able to handle that and they'll win the basketball game. But I'm very concerned about perimeter defense if Nick's not 100% healthy. It's 13 consecutive wins against Santa Clara in WCC play, by the way. That's a lot. And K.J. Fagan didn't play in the game in Provo. He's the second-leading scorer for Santa Clara, so we'll see on that. Uh, Isn't it weird that uh, BYU's been in the WCC six years? BYU's 15-6. and This is tied for the best record through 21 games, BYU said, "Isn't that kind of crazy? 15-6 seems pretty good, but not." It seems it seems weird that we're not. Like, want- Whoa, this yeah. is great. I think some things comp on that is because the expectations for this group of kids, because they're so talented, is really high. Um, and then the other the other question is, you always just assumed, well, they're going to get their fair. You know, they're going to get a couple. You know, two between Gonzaga. Maybe they'll beat Gonzaga up at their place, or they'll beat them down here. Well, Gonzaga's better than they've ever been since BYU's been in WCC. This may be the best team Mark's ever had up there. I mean, they're that good. And so now you're going, man, can they, can they beat the Zags? Can they get one? Yeah. We always assume they're going to get one against them, as good as they've been. Now you're going, man, I don't know. They're really good. And then this is the best St. Mary's has been probably since BYU's been in the WCC. So yeah. now you're going, whoa. So they're ahead of pace, but, but if they don't get a single regular season game against in those four games, then what? You know, and so I still think that they can they can get St. Mary's at home, and then we'll see how Nick Emery's health is and how they come along. Uh, and how many is it? Three games before they have the Zags? Uh, two games. Sa- Santa Clara. Oh, that's right. Santa Clara. So it'll be game three Gonzaga. Saturday. Yeah. Gonzaga next Thursday. Yeah. And so next Thursday, let's see how they play defense in the next two games before I make a decision on whether or not they can match up with the Zags. <laughs> that that will be, and that's a nine p.m. local tip, by the way. Yeah, that's going to be a crazy night in the. That's, that's a real and and you go. Hey, anybody wondering how good Gonzaga is, just go look at their scores. They're just killing people <laughs> with no mercy. Just killing people. And they're really good, and they're, they're really good on the guard line. They have so much depth up front. They're big. They're physical. They defend. They're shooting the ball well. It's a really good Gonzaga basketball team. They're, they're, they've been in every – I think they're up to number three today. Yeah, yeah. And they're looking every bit the number one seed. I, I, talk, to, I talk to lots of people when I'm – out doing the A-10 and doing the Mountain West that are on the selection committee. And a lot of them have them, worst case scenario, they have them a two seed, but a lot of them already have them creeping up to a one seed if they keep this up. Joey so, Brackets has them as a two this morning. Yeah, so two's the worst you're going to see out there. And some people are going, you know what, maybe they are a one seed. Mm. Maybe they're a one seed. The Dexter of the WCC, Gonzaga. Compelling stuff <laughs> in the West Coast Conference. Blaine, thanks for the time. Yeah, guys. By the way, the last two times BYU has played in the Levy Center in Santa Clara, they won by 35 and 34. I imagine it probably they won't be no that way. Pressure. And you know, the, Santa Clara can say, hey, we have a new coach. You know, BYU's not in our heads. Oh, they're all up in their heads. <laughs> they're up in their heads. <laughs> up in here. Up in here. What's the biggest BYU sports story from this past weekend? Do you agree with Blaine Fowler? You go recruiting or Nick Emery? Or do you agree with Jeremy and myself? If you want to hear that full conversation, download the podcast. Coming up, we've got our going for two results from Pacific. 
Did I reclaim my rightful place as the leader in this game? What? We'll see, won't we? 42.9. Get out of here. You're about to make me lose my mind. Up in here. Up in here. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. If you missed it, Blaine Fowler just told us why BYU's recruiting and those potentially coming into the program should make all of you very, very excited. Mark your calendars for February 1st and signing day. I love football signing day. It's going to be awesome. And the uh, coaches are out and about trying to uh, lock up those commitments and uh, signings on February 1st, so those guys are busy right now. Women's Hoops, by the way, play Santa Clara coming up Thursday night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. The Cougars are in first place in the WCC right now at what, 5-2? and 6-2. Two? 6-2. and, two. Six and two. Just like the men's team, 6-2. and two. Mm. And Cassie Broadhead is still scoring 20-plus in essentially every game. She's scored 20-plus. She, she keeps that going, right? Nine of the last 11. Yeah, and by the way, Kalani Ooh. Purcell has been one rebound away from a triple-double. On Saturday, she was two rebounds away from a triple-double, and they pulled her out of the game early. <laughs> I'm like, You're like selfishly, hey! I'm like, put her back in! Hey! Let her rebound some free throws! The, that's called the Kyle Collinsworth disease. The triple-double at all costs, right? Like... Hey, there's never been one in women's history. It's bigger. It's bigger than that, right? I know. Yeah, exactly. It's bigger than that. I know, but it would no. still be fun. But that that was always fun, right? Is Kyle going to get the triple? Do- like that was very exciting. Well, generally, it's like the assists that are really hard to get yeah. right. So if you get the assist and it's rebounds for her, it's like, hey, Johnny, put it back we love Jeff Judkins. I'm glad he was back on last week. I missed. I missed. You. I wasn't here when he came in. We love that guy. Yeah, yeah we need to get him back on the show. <laughs> Let's refresh this BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's basketball beat Pacific 62-47, led by Eric Mika's seventh straight double double. 17 points, 12 rebounds. His buddy TJ Haas added 16 points. <laughs> Juddy weighs in on whatever. <laughs> scored 50 points for the Shanghai Sharks in his return from an ankle injury over the weekend. That guy can shoot it, Smither. Yeah, that, he might admit that Jimmer Fredette's He's a better shooter He's the only than better him. shooter in the world than, than Jeff Judkins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots beat the Pittsburgh Steelers for a berth in Super Bowl 51. Van Noy forced a fumble in the game. I tweeted out the video last night. If you haven't seen it, check it out. He is the 37th Cougar to play in the Super Bowl. And that's a prime number. And Kai Nakua, Andrew Wrighty, and Algernon Brown represent the Cougars on the American team in the NFL PA Bowl in Carson, California, Saturday, the new home of the L.A. Chargers. I love that you brought up that one, the new home of the L.A. Chargers. Yeah. And also that 37 is a prime number. 37, yeah, it's a prime number. It's awesome. Right? <laughs> No, I don't know all the prime numbers. Yeah, I say, do you I, have them memorized? No, but I there was a kid named James Hobbs at my high school, uh-huh. Copper Hills. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What's up, James? Which is by Bingham right now. I would have to say, go miners. Sorry, uh, given the situation. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and he, James Hobbs had he had memorized the first fifty digits of pi. So I saw James in the missionary training center in Sao Paulo on my mission. I hadn't seen him in I don't know a year or whatever. Fifty numbers. Yeah. So it'd be like three four. 3.14982, and they just go, right? I don't know if they were real or not, but that was his thing. Like, everyone knew. James Hobbs, pie. <laughs> so I see him in the MTC, or Missionary Training Center, in the bathroom, and I'm like, James Hobbs, what's up, man? What are the first 50 digits of pie? And he just rattled them off for me. And I was like, good to see you. 
Bye. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Yeah, exactly. That is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so random, right? Who memorizes the first? James Hobbs does. Hi, Jimmer Hobbs. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, it's an emphasis on numbers that brings us to our next segment. I promise it won't be 50 or the first 50 digits of pi, but we are, at least I am arguing percentages today for sure. We're going for two. Can you predict the future? Nah. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. All right, I have a bone to pick, first of all, with Peyton Dastrup. Okay? <laughs> He's not rowing the boat. Number one, I said BYU would shoot 43% or better. Mm. Peyton Dastrup gets the ball at just inside the three-point line, top of the key with like 15 seconds left. And BYU shooting, I think at that point, 43.6 or 43.4% or something like that. And I'm like, he's going to shoot the ball. He better make it. Sure enough, shot goes up, doink. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh, please don't be below 43%. 42.9%. I said BYU would shoot 43%. <laughs> it was 43.6. Really? Yeah. You had to go .7 on me with that shot. Yeah. Really, I love Peyton, and it's I, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. but then I was like, well, can we round up? Can we round up from 42.9 to 43? No, we can't. You round up in your uh, taxes? Oh, so I missed that one. I was that close to having both of them. Yeah. Second, I said Pacific will score 67 or less on their home floor. BYU held the Tigers to 47. 47 is crazy. Only twice in WCC play under 50 on the road. That does not happen Six years. So one for two. I'm 26 and 32 overall. BYU will win by 10 plus. Swish! I saw this coming. I thought BYU would uh, take it to the university that represents uh, an entire ocean. I'm Uh, glad you didn't go 17 plus for your sake. 17 is a lot. On the road, I guess, for this team. Yes. Elijah Bryant will score 10+. plus. <laughs> Elijah Bryant scored 9. And he missed his only free throw attempt! <laughs> and he missed he's, he's so good from the stripe. Oh. What is he from the stripe this year? He's like in the 80s. 80s, for sure. He's down to 79. Because of that missed free throw. Because of that missed free throw. So, yeah. Uh, I'm still plus 2 on you. Which is good, 28 and 30. I haven't been able to get over uh, the plus two hump, if you will. It's competitive, isn't it? I love it. No, it's fun. It's fun that it's neck and neck. You think about all the guesses. So there have been 58 different guesses, and we're within two of each other? That's pretty nuts. That's, that's crazy. Well, and people are like, how come they're not bold enough? It's, the idea of this is not necessarily to be I'll show you bold! bold. It's just to be like, hey, I think these things are going to happen. Yeah. And it's amazing how close these things are. Like you said, Eliza's going to score 10, 9. And I said 43% or better, 42.9. Yeah. We kind of know what we're talking about. That's the beauty of it. BYU Sports Nation, we kind of know what we're talking about. <laughs> Weekdays at noon Eastern on yeah. BYU TV and BYU Radio. Yes. What is the biggest BYU sports story from this past weekend at Jelly Belly Kelly weighs in? Men's hoops won on the road and without a crazy comeback. True. Low-scoring game, though, so still plenty to work on. Not all battles in war are the same, right? Um, and I'm, I'm always annoyed at that guy that compares war to sports. It's like, oh, no, that's like very different. But, but, the, but the comparison of there's just going to be different situations, right? It's like every day is different. So this was different. Pacific slowed it down. They controlled the pace. But BYU won by 15 because they won with defense. So that's a good step. And like Blaine Fowler said, there needs to be uh, you know, a few more games of this before we go, okay, this is a trend. This is a singular instance. I hope that BYU continues to have that kind of effort defensively. 
it's almost poetic that it comes down to Santa Clara to see what happens next on the road defensively because that's the team BYU's never lost to in WCC play, but they're the fourth place team. Our Saturday last year was like BYU wins by an average of like 19 against them or something. You remember like <laughs> yes. the pressure that we put and on And they them? won by how many? 30 this year? Yes. 30. At home? 30. It's not going to be 30 Thursday. Get healthy Nick Emery. Up next, more of your tweets from the biggest stories over the weekend. What do you think? Tell us. Hashtag BYUSN. Welcome back, sports friends. BYU Sports Nation brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from the Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights at 6 p.m. Eastern. Hey, Med Soup's at Santa Clara, uh, 10 Eastern time on BYU Radio. You can watch that on ESPNU as well, at BYU Brochacho. No more poor man's DMX impressions for Jerome, please. <laughs> Up in here! Up in here! What? Stop! Drop! The funny thing... Yeah. Shut him down! Open up! Stop! Funny thing is, you tweeted... We weren't going to do anymore. And then you tweeted at us, so now we're doing more. Yes. That's how that works. encouraged it. That's how that works. We got some validation. Now we're doing it more. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably my wife's number one complaint with me. She'll be like, don't... Don't do that. Like, I'll be, like, itching my whiskers or something while we're watching a movie, and she's sitting next to me, and, like, she can't stand, like, rep- repetitive things. So, like, she'll... she'll repetitive s- things. She'll say that, and then I'll be like... <laughs> so I'll do it hard. She's oh, like, yeah. why do you always do that? Oh, out of spite. Why do you do that? You have to, out of spite, in that moment. <laughs> and I apologize. That's an, that's an annoying trait, right? Oh, yeah. And that's, like, you apologize in that moment, but you're not actually sorry. Yeah. Because you did it on purpose. You're chewing with your mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey. why, why do you do that? We need like flags in life. Anyway, like, nope. It's a great point you bring up with the DMX thing. You tweet about it. Oh. It makes us want to do it more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of spite. Another degree. Another tweet in. Uh, this one in reference to our going for two picks and how close they were. At O'Kelly Cam says Peyton Dastrup is in league with Jerem Jordan for his going for two. Hey, I got you, Jerem. I'm going to miss this shot so Spencer doesn't I, get 43%. No way. And then he said, Eli's got Spencer Linton. Yeah. Hey, Spence, I'm going to miss his free throw so Jerem doesn't get his going for two. Always make your shots. <laughs> Always make your shots. I that- can guarantee you that is not the case. Yeah. But it's kind of funny that you yeah. brought that up. Our Twitter question today, what is the biggest BYU sports story from this past weekend? Back to the Twitter machine. We tweet. At J underscore Royal 09. Ditto to what everyone else has said already. <laughs> Hashtag feeling lazy today. What are you, Omni? Come on. <laughs> the son of Jerem? <laughs> Come up with some more <laughs> original content. You and Jonathan Tavernari with the Book of Mormon references in the past week. I love JT, man. He's funny. At Eric Nielsen. Is it UT? This or, isn't Eric Nielsen from the '90s BYU basketball. No, is it? I don't think so. Do you maybe. think he's a six foot eight forward with a mid range J? Yeah, maybe. I had to guard him, by the way, in, in, in the intramural and in the Division One intramural championship game at BYU. I guarded Eric Nielsen, dude. Yeah, won a title. Yeah, <laughs> I know. He was part of that one one team. I, think, I guarded right? Eric Nielsen. You know who else was on that team? Who? Brian Santiago. Brian can light it up, bro. Like that team was so good. What did Eric? We say lost to by us? two. Oh, we wow. lost by two. Oh wow. Uh, what did uh, Eric say to us? Um, oh yeah, Eric Nielsen. I interrupted you. Ooh, tangent. 
Van Noy forced fumble is the biggest storyline. Dude is playing lights out and is going to help the Pats get Super Bowl win number five. You're welcome, Tom Brady. Okay, that's enough of that. Next tweet. At CL underscore living. I haven't heard yet, and that's why I love the show. Is it perhaps Nick Henry's knee injury? Is it bad or not? Blaine Fowler said that's his number two just behind recruiting and the excitement he has in regard to what BYU football and the coaches are bringing in. I imagine we won't find out about Nick Emery's status until tomorrow at BYU Basketball Availability at 4.15 Mountain Time or so. So stay tuned to that. That's certainly on question because Santa Clara is led by one of the best scorers in the entire conference, Jared Brownridge. Nick Emery shut him down in, in game number one. Tim Lacombe, by the way, will join us tomorrow. So we'll ask them how... Preparation potentially changes if if Nick can't go or if Nick's not 100%. Um, and BYU has been pounding people at home in league and then going out on the road, and it's been kind of a, more of a challenge. I, it should be on the road. But the, the exaggeration of winning by 30 and then having a close one or whatever on the road is crazy. So it was good to see what's specific that BYU beat a team by, what was it, 29 or 30? Yeah. And then, the, and then they went out. On the and, road. Beat that team by 14, so that 15. 15, That's yeah. good. Well, That's a scoot. This is the team. Santa Cla- BYU has won by 35 and 34 in each of the last two road games. For there. some reason, the matchup with Santa Clara is always awesome for BYU. BYU just has the matchups defensively, offensively. They can pick apart uh, the Broncos. It's just always been good for BYU, the personnel. I think over the next couple of years, maybe Herb Sendak changes things in that regard. But we'll see. For, like When BYU matches up with St. Mary's, it's just always tough. BYU may win that game, but it's just a tough matchup for the Cougars. Well, Santa Clara now has a guy named DJ Fagan. Who is, KJ. K, sorry, KJ Fagan, who is into the lineup, and he's a really good scorer. He did not play in game number one against yeah. BYU this year. Yeah, that, he may be a game changer in that regard. And luckily the game's at night because they play these Saturday afternoon games, and the sun would come in, and it'd actually be on the court. I'm not kidding. Like, like it was Jerry's World, Cowboy Stadium or whatever. <laughs> like the sun's on the court. The sun's in my eyes, and I'm shooting a three. Nick Emery's in the corner. I can't see. What in the world? What is the biggest BYU sports story from this past weekend? Your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN plus the Cougar Whip Around up next. Oh, Third-ranked men's volleyball taking care of business, as was BYU women's hoops. And Jimmer with a 50 spot. Up in here. Up in here. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whiparound. Men's basketball. Is that DMX again? Yeah. Uh, BYU beat Pacific 62-47, led by Eric Mika's 17 points and 12 rebounds. His seventh straight double-double. Jimmer! Nope, not done. TJ Haas had 16 points. Now, Jimmer! Jimmer! 50 points for Jimmer Fredette of the Shanghai Sharks in his return from an ankle injury over the weekend. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Oy and that team uh, in New England beat the Pittsburgh Steelers for a berth in Super Bowl 51. Van Oy forced fumble in the game. He is the 37th Cougar to play in a Super Bowl. Football. Kainakua, Andrew Idy, and Algernon Brown represented the BYU Cougars on the American team in the NFLPA Bowl in Carson, California last Saturday. Volleyball. Number three ranked Brigham beat number 14 CSUN in four sets Friday night. Ben Patch had 24 kills. Brendan Sander added 15 as well. BYU's won five matches in a row, the most in the Federation. Cougars in the association. Kyle Collinsworth had 12 points, 19 rebounds, six assists, five blocks, and three steals in two games. In two games. Over the Texas Legends. I know, but it sounded fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
women's basketball. The ladies beat Pacific 68-50 Saturday, led by Cassie Broadhead's 23 points, her ninth 20-plus point game in the last 11. Swimming and diving. Peyton Sorensen won the 50-meter and 100-meter free. He'll join us later in the week. The men and women lost to some team up north on Saturday. Tennis. The men's team lost to 18th-ranked Stanford, but it was close, 4-3 Saturday. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair finished tied for 34th at the Career Builder Challenge in La Quinta, California. Score of nine under par. Daniel Summerhays did not make the cut. Shout out to all my friends in Palm Springs. Gymnastics. And the Owls. Leveraging the BYU Sports Nation camera from Coach Guardian's Friday appearance on the show, the Cougars put up a season high 195-2. Yeah, really good. Track and field. Andrea Stapleton. Of the high jump. Keisha Miller, 200 meters. And Tatenda Sumba, also Olympian. 200 meters, set new career bests in their respective events after the BYU men's and women's teams debuted in their first away meet of the indoor season at the Air Force Invitational. Golf. Rhett Rasmussen currently leads at the Arizona Intercollegiate in Tucson. Rasmussen's two under through eight in the first round of play. That was a lengthy cougar whip around. Woo! Tired. Need like a towel to wipe off the... Sweat from how hard we've worked. I need a post-game commercial on BYU Sports Nation. What happens after the show? <laughs> like a la Sports Center, we, we just play got, Tecmo Super Bowl. Towels around the neck. Yeah, I really thought the C block was uh, was uh, where we had our strongest part of the show. So we call A, B, C, D, E blocks like one, two, three, four, five. The segments. Yes. Right. So we're in the E block right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, that we just are teaching the people. We're in the whip around. Yeah. The E block is generally the whip around. Not always though. You got to pay attention. Sometimes we call an audible. What we like to do: use our timeouts. Tim Lacombe, as Jaron mentioned earlier in the show, is on the show tomorrow, BYU basketball assistant coach. He can give us an update on what the Cougars did defensively to right the ship at Pacific and maybe an update on Nick Emery. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. A lot of uh, candidates here, but I'll go with Jimmer. 50 coming back from an injury. How about that? 50 points. Like, if you scored 50 points in some random pickup game at a church... Which I might tonight in my record. You would game. feel like, I was the man, right? Yeah. This is in a professional basketball setting yeah. after an injury. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, pr- I won't score 50 tonight. I'm just hoping for five, I'll be honest. What's the biggest BYU sports story from this past weekend? Our elite tweet of the day from at Kiki Dean. A road win built on solid defensive performance. This kind of grinded-out win will build confidence before St. Zaga. Keep it going. Thanks to Blaine Fowler and everyone on our crew. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. No more DMX impersonations, at least not for the next three seconds. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes. For Jeremy Spencer, shout-out to Rudy Rudiger. Lose my mind!